Everybody and welcome to uh oh, I forgot the name of my podcast for a second podcasting players with uh your host me I'm Shane I'm the host and with me today is uh someone a little different than who I usually have on typically I will have uh people who are like animators just because I do a lot of that and I talk to a lot of animators but uh, I figured it might be high time we get uh, some new blood in here. Some some people of a different cloth, a different work. Some voice actors. We've got, starting out, our voice for Abe or Dean, but not Aberdeen, uh, who has also done a multitude of other projects. Please give it up for Spencer Bruce. Hey, it's me. You know, before we started, we were already talking about like, oh, what could possibly go wrong? And then he forgets the name of the podcast. And I'm like, you know, oh, great. We That's a said, good sign. We said. It's a great I, sign. Like, full disclosure for everybody. Uh, <laughs> I said before we started that I woke up last night at 8 p.m. And then I didn't sleep. And now we're recording the next day at 2 p.m. So I'm a little tired. And I just decided to just do this completely off the cuff. I don't have any questions prepared. We are just gonna relax and have a conversation. <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna go on there. I remember the first time I recorded for Shane way back in the day. The recording took like five minutes, but then like the session took like an hour because we were just talking about stuff. So this could go well. This could go very horribly wrong. Somebody's house could explode at the end of this somehow. I don't know how, but hey, that's what this is for. That's you know, honestly, it's the risk you take running a podcast. One of the most dangerous occupations in the world a uh, high mortality rate with this yeah wasn't it like wasn't it like 80 percent mortality 80 uh actually it's 100 percent of podcasters wow. die at some point really? after they, their podcast yeah wow that's that's incredible 100 percent of podcasters a, will die at some point afterwards i think i heard a similar statistic with water too yeah, yeah, drinking water will yeah, afterwards you will die. Drink water, yeah, hundred percent of people who drink water die eventually. It's crazy. All right, enough of this. Enough water. of this bit. I'm tired of the bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's actually let's talk about um, you a little bit for people who don't know. Uh, anyone who's listening to this who hasn't checked out my series, The Peace Guild. <sighs> Probably very Man, few people. <laughs> could you just do that for me, please? Please. Yeah, it's dude. Like, no, seriously, this guy. Like, episode three was it? You did like a freaking TV length episode, with like dialogue and music, voice acting and stuff. On and off, that and, that episode uh, took me a year to make. And you did an entire team worth of job by yourself. That's a that's a sentence. Yeah, that's yes, crazy. So, yes. so, so you listening there? Yeah, you, you, <laughs> yeah, you, you there sitting down with coffee? You. Yeah, click off this video, watch watch peace, some Peace Guild, and come back here. Yeah, watch it. It's not even that long, man. It's just like uh, maybe almost like, an hour, like 45 minutes, probably. 
with the Q and A video, maybe an hour. I'm not sure, but it's like very manageable. And uh, I worked really hard on it. So if you are listening to this and you haven't seen it yet, it's fully animated. Except I don't. Lip syncing is a little. It's look the frame rate's kind (laughs) of low because it's just me and I didn't go to school for this, but. All in color, I've got uh, a few effects and stuff, and it's fully voice acted. Nice little- And then you got me in there! And we got- we got Spencer in as Abe or Dean. That's right! Let's- let's get to that now. So- so I'm gonna assume that if you're at this point, you have watched it, you- you're familiar with it. Spencer mm-hmm. here, uh, I cast for Abe or Dean, and funny story about that, I'm gonna yes. talk about- Let's talk about the casting in it for yeah, just a second. Yeah, that was the funny part of it. Because, <laughs> like, he, the thing is, Spencer, you weren't just in the Peace Guild. You were in my first right. ever video. As, uh, That's right. I was Jor-All. Jor-All the fighter. I was Jor-All the knight. Yes. He was some sort of fighter or he was some sort of paladin or something. He died. He died. He, he, he ran he into died. acid after and saying, freaking... I think I can make it. <laughs> Guys, I can make this. Ah! And that yeah. was great. That was wonderful. That was the first time I'd ever died. Uh, ever. Oh, for, for voice acting, you mean? <laughs> for voice- No, ever! No, I'm joking. Oh, I'm probably uh, for voice <laughs> acting. I can't- I can't remember. Oh, should we go over, like, backstory and stuff? Or, uh, backstory for what, specifically? Like, just in general, like, voice acting stuff? I know you said you haven't prepared anything. And, like, well, I, I was just gonna go into- like, Kinda, yeah. Like, I was gonna go into, um- how I cast you because oh yeah that was so for Jor all I mean literally I I just put up a project I knew about castingcall.club which is where I was doing my casting calls uh and have been doing them for a long while I knew about that because I got into voice acting in like 2015 I got into this big project wow. there's a lot of big name people like Lily Pichu and others in it and I was like super excited and then it just fucking fizzled out because the Ain't that the way? Yeah, right? It tends to be that way. But um, but it taught me... It taught me a lot about how like how to audio... Like, manage audio, scrub audio, stuff like that. After I came back from China, and I had these stories in mind, I had these stories I wanted to tell and everything, I kind of came to the conclusion that I want there to be voice acting. Because one of the things I don't see really is voice acting like i don't really it, for animation of like D stuff you'll you'll usually just have the animators doing the voices of everything but i wanted it to be a little bit different and since i had, i already had my my toes dipped into the world of voice acting i was like well this, it's not even that hard you just put out a casting call make sure it's fucking interesting like don't do some boring fan thing of like you minecraft know, Fandub, whatever. Look, it's, those are fine, by the way. If you like that yeah, stuff, great. Yeah, no, absolutely. But that's boring. But there's a million of them. Let's be real. That stuff's really boring. And like a lot of that stuff on that side, very samey. There's a lot of audio mm-hmm. dramas, which are also fine. But like I yeah. wanted to, I'm like, look, I want to advertise this as this is a cartoon. The thing that you're voicing, the person you're voicing is going to be represented. That's exciting. It's a little bit more interesting. And I'm like, I don't really got any money. So I'm just going to see who's interested and and figure it out from there. Um, so I didn't have anything paid and you still, you and, uh, Ellie and some others, um, mm-hmm. still like wanted to be a part of it. And I loved Look. your voice for Jarrah and that's how I got you onto the first video. Thank you. At, at that point. Yeah. So I, I was trying to think where I was 
was at that point. So I'd done some like fan dubs and stuff, but like I wanted, I wanted like original content. I wanted stuff I could put on a resume in the future. So I saw your casting call. I was like, oh, I like D&D. I like those story time animations. I'll try out for this. And I tried out for the werewolf dude and Jor-El. Honestly, though, I thought that I was going to, I was like, eh, I'm not really feeling Jor-El. I don't think I'm going to get him. The werewolf dude, I'm probably going to get him because I'm very confident with that. And then what do you know? I get cast but as Jor-El, the guy I didn't think I'd get cast as. <laughs> it's just weird how things work out sometimes. You had, you had the perfect sort of like, uh, sort of like a Superman voice, which is yeah. kind of what I was going for. And and with Zed, the actual player, like uh, Lewis, who was the voice actor for uh, Zed, he has a, actually like a similar voice to the guy I played with who played him. Oh. So like when I heard his voice, I was like, this fits so well because he was actually, even though he was a werewolf and he like would lose control during a full moon and like kill people, he was actually pretty chill most of the time. He was kind of like <laughs> a decent guy in the game. So... I thought that was like, oh, that's cool. That's a good juxtaposition for the the really sort of uptight, like, human fighter who, yeah. you know, a knight for justice, but also uh, kind of an idiot. Like, mm-hmm. not that you're an idiot, but you hey. you are very cartoony with your voices. Yeah, and no, I was like, I, getting into, like, uh, that's very intentional, too, because um, the thing, going into Origins, because we were talking about Origins earlier, the thing that made me want to get into voice acting personally, the thing that made me be like, oh, that's something I want to do. With for 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 money and stuff was okay. So in two thousand seven, there was this movie came out that came out that people a lot of people don't like that I defend with my to my dying breath. It was it was the Michael Bay Transformers movie, and that got me. Hey, hey, no, no, let me finish. Let me finish. Uh, <laughs> uh, so I I had like Transformers before then, like with like Beast Wars and Transformers Armada. I kind of got off at like Cybertron and Energon because the animation was kind of weird. With like the 3D, but like, but why? After watching that movie, I watched the original, like the the G1 from like the 80s, mm-hmm. and they had there was so many all the like all the voices were so weird and different and like animated, and I thought that there was a different person voice in each robot, and then I looked up on IMDb. And then I discovered, oh, Frank Welker voices like eight characters. Peter Cullen voices like seven characters. Like, what? That's crazy. That's what I want to do. And so I have this theory um, kind of going into that, that like the thing that shapes a voice actor's style, like their way of performing a line, is the thing that inspired them in the first place. So there's a lot of people in the voice acting community I would say a majority of them uh, got inspired because of an anime they watched. And it really shows in their performance. But me, on the other hand, I watched an old cartoon from the 80s and that really affected the way I read lines. So I always approach things from a sort of cartoony standpoint, even if something's deathly serious. I'm like, oh, there's got to be a bit of an energy here. There's got to be a bit of a pop, a pizzazzle. A pizzazzle? Is that even a word? But it, it, whatever. It, there's got to be like a pizzazzle <laughs> to freaking like get the audience engaged. Yeah, I, I actually – so so I wanted to mention because like I made a little discord and it was just like you three for a hot minute. Because I didn't know where I was going. I didn't even know I was going to do the Peace Guild until uh, I made, like, an intro for it. I thought that was cool. And then I was like, I should just go full in on this. Like, I should just make 
this show. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember there was another person that I was going to cast for Abe or Dean. That's right. You were. And, I, I was. Yeah. That's, that's the big thing, folks. I originally wasn't cast. I auditioned for Aberdeen, but I didn't get the part. I didn't it, he like um he had to drop he, out because of um like he was busy or something. I I guess he had he basically I was like I you know if you're still interested, love to cast you for the part. Uh, and he's like, I you know upon further review, I cannot do this. I can't commit to this. I was like, oh, all right, well. Hey, you know, bummer, because yeah, but then so I mean the thing is though, I liked your audition, but you went so went, over the top. I went eleven because you say he's dumb. Although, okay, so that's I'm sort of glad I went over the top because a lot of the little nuances in his voice came from that. Because originally, because right now Abe sounds like this, but like when I first um, auditioned for him. It was like, okay, he's stupid. So I did something like this, and I was like, hi, I'm Abe Dean. And then is it I went way over the top. And you're like, okay, that's an 11. Take it to like a six. And so yeah. that's where like the – that's where sort of the head voice came from. That's where the lisp came from. I love the lisp. That, that really gives him sort of character. And then sort of the New York kind of accent that he has. So like everything – Yeah, he does have like a New York yeah. accent, doesn't he? I like – yeah. I was wondering, I was trying to place that. I'm like, he has a, such a unique sort of voice. <laughs> and now that you said it, I'm like, oh my god. Abe's from New York. Yeah, that's Damn. right. I come from the Bronx. What are you going to do about <laughs> it? Hey, I'm walking here. Oh, uh, wow. No, no wonder like... he's weird. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if I'm uh, going to have a pizza, it's only going to be one slice. I, uh, okay. Yeah, because like, so with Abe... His antics, his actions really shined through. They spoke through everything where it was like the uh, the player doesn't sound anything like you sound. And uh-huh. so I remember when I, I cast you and I, I showed your um, lines after you'd done your first takes to uh, – or I, I did the whole like episode one's like file, the script, and I mm-hmm. showed it to some of the players and they were like, I that's, that's Abe? I'm like, yeah, that's Abe. They're like – it works. Yeah, it works. They're, they're like, kind of, it had to kind of, sort of, they had to sit they with to it for a second. It. But now I can't, like, imagine it any other way. Yeah, like, oh. in my brain, all of those moments, I, I hear your voice instead of oh, uh, the player's voice, you know? But it's weird, because I go, I go back to episode one. He sounds, he sounds so different in episode one. Like, his voice is a lot deeper, and we were, like, experimenting with, like, oh, maybe he mispronounces a few words here and there. But, like, and then we dropped, like, immediately in the next episode. But, well, like, I mean, yeah, I, there's, you know, it, it sounds like we dropped it immediately, but, like, these episodes are one after another. We could easily bring back anything from episode one, and it would still true. feel consistent, because it's not that much time in that's the show. True. If it, and I mean that's true. Maybe in episode five or six. Actually, no, because we just recorded episode five. Yeah, that's the time yeah, you're listening. This, uh, the time you're listening to this, folks. Episode Which is, five is like. It's, <laughs> it's sad though because people are. We will get excited like, oh my god, they just recorded episode five. The problem is, folks. He's only I'm not even done, done with episode, with episode four. four. <laughs> like the animation. I, uh, at the time of this, I, I've recorded this during a period of burnout. Like, I announced it on my channel and on Twitter that I'm a little burned out. I'm a little disheartened 
with like this this scene I've been working on. It's just so it's working in Blender is very tedious. It's extremely tedious. I also don't know all the tricks for this program, so like I'm not used to this UI and doing something very simple or that would have been very simple and animate now takes three times, four times as much time sometimes, depending on what it is. And all I don't know. I'm not I'm not trying to like uh make excuses, but like when you do that uh, again day in day and day uh I was gonna say day in day out. But and day after day after day, but then that like morphed into just day and day and day and day and day and when you're doing that day after day and the progress you make each day is super small and incremental, it get it just I needed a break. I need like right now, um I'm just working on some other like smaller, quick little animations that don't require nearly as much attention to detail or time. Uh, fan animations for like uh, Dimension 20's um, Fantasy High and just, you know, th- those types of series. Which, by the way, do you watch those? Uh, no, I, I've i only really listened to NADPOD. And that's because my brother like kept bugging me to listen to it. And it's really good. Although the, the freaking Feywilds arc goes on for a bit too long. But other than that, it's good. I haven't listened to... And I, I'm a fake nerd, I guess, because I haven't listened to D&D podcasts, even though I did play D&D. Oh, uh, that doesn't make you a fake nerd. <laughs> That's, I would say, though, I think you have a lot of Brennan Lee Mulligan energy when it comes to how cartoony and crazy his voices get. <laughs> I just released uh, a little ad- advertisement. Uh, I just released on my Twitter and on my channel, uh, like a little two minute animation for um uh for fantasy highs like season two and like the the energy of that is very much spencer energy like when i think about like that scene i'm like yeah I, you if you were dm you'd probably do it the exact same way oh, I've, I've had i've had thoughts of like oh if i was a dm uh, but i mean now that i'm moving because like i i want to run a small game like with like three friends like, but like, like it's a, a Digimon game because there's I found this amazing freaking write up of like it's a it's a D six based system, and like you've got a bunch of cool stuff like sanity drain and freaking it's very role play heavy which I love. Uh, I think we'll get into like DM Dungeons and Dragons sort of role playing stuff like later okay. on in this podcast, and so I'm like, oh, this would be great, but I have to learn everything, and I got to learn how to DM, because I've always pl- I've only ever played, never DM'd before, and from what I've heard, it's it's very much chaotic. It is. You got, it's a lot of improv, too, and knowing mm. your players and what they want, and there's a lot to balance there. Yeah. Um, we're, but I want to I bring us back to uh, your voice acting. Um, not just this project, because uh, I, I, you know, I've given the update. That's that's out of the way. It's where we're at right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, what other projects have you worked on besides uh, the stuff that I've cast you for? Well, uh, <laughs> I'm not as accomplished to say like other people, like like even Ellie or um, or Brooke. Like I'm not as big as them. Um, but there's this game that I'm in as a minor role called Wicked Willow. It's a visual novel. I play a teacher who you never see, doesn't even get named. 
Um, I've done a few bit rolls here and there. Um, I was the voice of Terry for Gabaleth, like, way back when he got, um, it was into Smash, like, got into Smash, I mean. And yeah, I've just done a bunch of small stuff here and there. Okay. But I've been, I've been working. Since then, I've been grinding. I got new stuff, then some soul searching, and now I'm going at it full stop again. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, don't worry about, ha like, having a uh, smaller than how nice. big you want it list of projects that you're in or whatever. It's, mm. it's a grind. It's a grind. Yeah, exactly. It's, that's, one, that's one, of it's one of the reasons why I don't do a lot of voice acting is because I don't want to have to constantly audition for other people's projects when I could just make my own project and voice and you know after what? that. That's fair. <laughs> that is 100% fair. Because, like, it's something you gotta really love, you gotta really be passionate about, and you gotta learn, like, I, 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 if I've auditioned for, like, ten roles, I'd be lucky if I even got one. So, even, even though I'm, I've been told, and I believe that I'm a good, I'm good, I'm, I, would you say that I'm good? Because I think I'm, I'm at least decent, and they've, and, like, I know I can get roles, I have gotten roles, I just got... Freaking, I'm, I'm gonna get, um, I'm actually, as soon as we're done with this podcast, I'm, in a few hours, I'm gonna record for another thing um, yeah. that I'm in. Yeah. I mean, and it, obviously you're good, like, exactly. you but do even, great. Like, the best, yeah, but even, like, the best people, they, they get said, they get told no a lot. So it's something you gotta get used to hearing, and you gotta just keep going at it, because you'll find stuff eventually. Yeah, there's also something to be said of, like, when... I've struggled with the idea of, like, uh, when I cast for Peace Guild episodes, I like to open it up to the whole voice actor sort of, like, base, I guess. Mm -hmm. Because I, I understand that a lot of people like to just rely on, like you said, Frank Welker doing eight voices. It's easier to just rely on Frank Welker and... You know, uh, Tom Kenny and Tara Strong to just do all your voices for you, you know, mm -hmm. because they can just do so many. And it's like, yeah, well, we know who they are. We know they're reliable. We know that they have a huge range. We'll just work with them. And it's like, I'm, I'm glad that there are these really cool people who are like iconic voice actors and everything. But it also means that studios end up not really giving a lot of chances to, uh, you know, new the talent and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, that is really the, the struggle I think with acting in general, because it is, it literally is a popularity based industry. Like you, not everyone can be Tom Cruise because if mm -hmm. every actor was Tom Cruise, you would be aware of like a million people and their individual names and like their faces. Like we are with Tom Cruise. When I say yeah. Tom Cruise, you know, that name, you know, that face. You know who that person is. You know that jumping up on the couch. Yes. Doing all and the Scientology thing and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah you yeah. can't, but we can't like know that much information about a million people trying to make it right. Like that mm. doesn't work. And so uh, unfortunately as it is, you're going to get, let's out, out of like, let's say a hundred actors, you're going to get maybe 50% of them that actually are like dedicated and putting in the work 
and then maybe like half of that, like 25% of them that are actually super duper talented, mm-hmm. and only like five of them actually get big roles. But I will say, I will say, in terms of voiceover stuff, I actually haven't been doing it, doing voiceover for that long, but from like, I only actually really started gung hoing it like early 2020, because like, there, what else was there to do in 2020? Um, Mm-hmm. And I actually got decently far. Like I made decent progress. Like I actually got my first paid role in the, the first time I ever was like, okay, I'm going to gung ho, which apparently is really rare because if you can offer something different, if you can offer something that nobody else is giving, like I mentioned earlier before, my style of voiceover is very animated, very cartoon where everybody else is doing anime. Like what I was doing in my auditions was very different and that stuck out with people. And so that's what got me kind of got the ball rolling a little. Obviously, I'm not like big 100% pro ZD, big voice actor or even like half of that big or even a quarter or even a hundredth of that big. But it got me places. So if you, Mr. Potential, Mr. or Mrs. Potential voice actor or actress listening to this right now, if you can offer somebody... Uh, something different if you can offer a different sort of role a different sort of read then that is that's awesome and that that was what you got to do because if there's a hundred if a hundred people want to be an actor and then there's nothing really sentiments uh, each other apart you got to set yourself apart from the pack and that's how you that's how you move forward yeah and also uh something that i learned as well was you can be pretty good um, but if it doesn't match what the director wants, then it you won't get the part, even if you're pretty mm-hmm. good. You might just not even have just the right voice that they have in mind. Like maybe your voice mm-hmm. is just a little too high, a little too low, or too nasally, or just something about the way that you speak. Even if you have the acting chops, like if your voice just isn't right in their mm-hmm. mind, you just won't get the part. And that'll just happen sometimes. Yeah. Um, but the one thing enough. I will say that it works more often than not is... When when I'm casting as a casting director, when I have roles out, I am more likely to cast someone who goes ham, who really gets into it and like doesn't hold back, who tries to avoid being monotone in, in every every way possible. Because if you can mm-hmm. like uh recently I, I I cast Irina, the role of Irina. And Irina's a very important character in the Curse of Strahd story. I needed to know that whoever I cast for Irina could find her way. She can go the distance. You know, like, I really need her to, like... Go. Like, go out like, there. Give mm-hmm. it her all. Yeah, I need to hear her angry. I need to hear her crying. I need to... I'm like... So I, that's what I did for that. Uh, the last audition was I had, you know, something where she's just kind of talking in a... In a there's a lot of like emotion, but it's like reserved or she's like trying to hold back her emotion. And then mm-hmm. another line where um, she just sort of is snapping and just arguing and fighting with somebody. And then the last one is her crying and sobbing. And I'm like, I need to see that they can do all of these things because anyone can read a line. But if it sounds like you're just reading a line, that's not going to get you cast. You have to exactly. sound like the it's person called, is naturally saying it, you know? Yeah, it's called voice acting. Yeah. Acting is the key word. And that's a big thing that a lot of people don't understand. It's like, people say I have a crazy voice and I can do all these different impressions and stuff. And it's like, that's great. Can you act, though? Because mm-hmm. 
nine times out of ten, the crazy voice isn't going to get you anything. It's the acting that's going to get you there. Yeah. If you can do the crazy voice and act, you're golden. Yeah. But if you can do the crazy voice and not act, you're not golden. You're right. Actually acting, it's all, it all comes down to acting. And that's the thing. And that's the reason why, like, in uh, big productions, you know, when you have um, someone, like, some actor or actress who's cast for something because they're famous but not because they're a voice actor and then more often than not like uh, i don't remember who it was but somebody got cast for lola in space jam 2 oh, zendaya uh, yeah i guess and like people did not like her voice for that character they it felt very flat it didn't feel like she fit lola I guess I didn't watch this movie. I'm I'm speaking from what other people said. Um, I could I I unfortunately did. Hundred um, <laughs> percent agree with you. And uh, don't watch Space Jam: A New Legacy. It's not good. <laughs> All right. Well, there's a there's a Space Jam review there. But but I mean, the whole thing is like a voice actor and a screen actor. They're different things. You can be both, but it takes different styles of acting, different training, and so for voice acting. You have to go nuts. You have to go crazy. Mm. Uh, you've got to have your your voice has to do. The, it's pulling the weight, right? Yeah, because I remember um, Jensen Ackles uh, when he was doing the Supernatural Scooby Doo episode, and even when he did the Red Hood, um, he said that he loved voice acting so much because he was able, like, when he's doing on screen stuff, he has to be reserved and like he has to be all stoic and stuff. But like when he's behind the microphone, he can just while out he could just freaking like wave his arms and like like he could just do a bunch of stuff that would look absolutely stupid on camera like even right now like for example like when i'm talking i'm waving my arms like a, like a maniac um, but <laughs> you you can wave your arms like a maniac the point that jensen was trying to make you can wave your arms like a maniac and it makes everything sound good and that's all that people are hearing yep and it's 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 fantastic. It's it's weird. Like, if you wave your arms around in front of a camera, they're gonna be like, "This guy's crazy." Right. You can actually. The thing is, it's a measure of how comfortable you are uh, when you're recording. Because if you are actually moving your hands and you're getting involved and get people can hear your body movement without there mm -hmm. needing to be any body movement. You know what I mean? Because yeah. as you're as you're speaking, it's. It's like coming through in your voice, like the way that you move is is getting you more pumped up and more like I'm doing it right now. And it's yeah, making it's, me it's, more enthusiastic about what I'm it's, saying. It's look over there versus look over there. Right. There's, there's, there's like I first one, I wasn't moving. Second one, I like flung my arm and freaking threw it forward and pointed. It's, Just be careful you don't hit your mic and like ruin oh, your I, I, It's I can it's it is in a very great place to stand. I, I it's it's cool because like I I moved recently and I got this new um actually I have a booth now and I had a new got a new stand and like I could it's it's just fantastic I got a freaking stand up desk a standy desk that I could just move around and my freaking my old TV is a monitor now it's <laughs> it's beautiful. What were we talking about again? <laughs> uh, we were talking about voice acting, but also I uh, guess. Uh, <laughs> Just like, you know, not, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, a lot of people think it all comes down to their equipment and they're like, what's the no, best no, no. mic? What's the, you know, it's like, I obviously mean, a, there's to an extent, I would say microphones are somewhat important. A, a better microphone is like a, a, 
freaking XLR microphone is going to sound better than a USB microphone because of like technical stuff that I don't want to get into. But, and this is a big but, um, a thing that I was actually talking with one of my pals about yesterday, in fact, is the room you record in, it doesn't matter what it looks like. There's there's all these like gatekeepers that are like, oh, your recording space has to be like the most pristine, beautiful looking thing ever, or else it's or else it's not worth a thing. It's not worth a dime. But like, I I described it my recording space, but you don't know what it looks like. Uh, my my audio is clear, so that must mean it works. That's all that's important. Uh, so for those of you out there, um that are getting like super nervous about like, oh my gosh, my space, what's it going to look like? It doesn't matter what it looks like. The only thing that matters is that like you got enough foam in there, you got enough or not even foam. Like there are people that record in their closets that sound perfect um, and just enough stuff to absorb the sound and like not reflect back and not make it sound bad. Honestly, it's it's so much more about your recording space than it is the because people are like, what 100%. kind of mic? It's like an XLR which is a kind of cable. It's the kind of cable that they mm -hmm. plug into amps and stuff like that. It's that sort it's of mic like cable, right? Yeah. yeah. Plug that into an audio interface. The most popular one that everyone and their grandma has is a Scarlet Solo because it's cheap and reliable and it does the job, right? Mm. So you take your XLR microphone, you plug it into your Scarlet Solo or whatever audio interface, and then from you there as a USB, the USB goes mm -hmm. into your computer and then it's just an audio device you can pick. And you could record mm -hmm. right on Audacity. Well, sometimes you need to download the drivers, but those are online. It's very free. simple. Very simple yeah. to get set up. Price tag, like, you don't need to spend... You could spend $50 on an XLR microphone. Probably kind of a mm. cheap one. Um, yeah. And then, like, less than 100 on a Scarlet Solo. Altogether, you'll have, like, you know, $150 you're spending, and then suddenly you've got a really decent you know, equipment yeah, you're, you're, set up. You're already ahead of Joe Schmo who's using a, a, a snowball. Right, right. Which snowballs, they can sound pretty good, actually. Like, the, that, I, but I, but I, that's the I thing. Somebody, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, well, they can. But the, the idea <laughs> is, like, you have to have a good space. So, like, how do you do that? Yeah. Well, uh, I bought the, the microphone I've used since 2015, and it has worked fine for me. Is it's what is this? It's SEX one, whatever the fuck that means. But it is a condenser. <laughs> is a condenser that's mic. One, that's one sexy microphone you got there. Yeah, I don't know. It's I don't know what what SE I think is the brand and the X one is the model. Do you recognize that? Does that? No, no, no. You said an SEX one. Yeah, that's what it says. <laughs> Like I don't care what what that says though. All you need to know is that there are two. I like that. Hey, uh, it's Shane from the future editing this at five a.m. on a fucking Friday, and um, I didn't get it. I didn't get why Spencer was laughing, and I feel really stupid because it's very obvious why he was laughing in retrospect. So please don't make fun of me. Uh, it's not my fault. I was very tired, okay? I get it now. It's very funny, and I am ashamed. Anyway, back to the podcast. It, uh, well, anyway, so here's the thing. This thing came with its own sound-canceling foam, like a little back, mm -hmm. which I'm using right now. 
And then I oh. bought a little extra sound canceling foam. I like cut it, uh, it up to like fit underneath. So now I've got this my own little mobile booth. And then nah, I got here's a, the. Oh, sorry. What? I was. I'm. I'm gonna. Sorry to interrupt you, but I have the ultimate hack that like everybody's like, what? When I tell them, but it works. Okay, so like a big thing, like three feet by three feet of sound foam is very expensive, like a couple hundred dollars, but. If you go to Walmart or Target or Bed Bath & Beyond, go to the bedding section and get the queen or king size bed foam for $80, it works exactly the same. You can even go like twin, you can even if you can even get a twin for like 20. I and it you it, you put it on the wall. I have some in my space right now alongside with like the like the stuff like the qual- professional grade stuff. And I use just the professional grade stuff and like bed foam on the wall. And it, it gets like the best sound I've ever had. Uh, That's my secret. Okay. I, it's I, cheap and it works. I bought a bunch of sound canceling foam, a bunch of square, like foot by foot squares mm-hmm. for 20 bucks on Amazon. And they work. <laughs> and I don't even use all yeah. of them. I use like two squares and it's fine. Like my, my thing is... What's most important is once you set up a little space to reduce the ambient noise, right? Absorb that sort of resonant noise because reverb on your uh, lines, unless it's intended for the space uh, in the um, production, whatever you're doing, it's going to sound bad, right? You don't want to have reverb. And that's the sort of like, it's not, it's almost like an echoey sound in case people don't know what reverb Mm. is, but like. You don't, you want to make it sound like when you're done talking, that's it. It's like silent after that, right? Mm. So you want to make the space as quiet as possible. Uh, The next thing you want to do is you want to make sure that uh, when you've got your uh, mic and everything hooked up, you check your levels. Try it like having your uh, face about mm, half a foot. The two foot away to from the it. mic, depending. Yeah, the best way to check to see uh, distance is uh, if you take your fist and you put out your thumb, you put out your pinky, and you put that in between your mouth and the mic, that's that's about the amount of space you want. I was literally just doing that. I was going <laughs> to say the same thing. It's um, the gold standard. Like, it is the gold standard. That's what everybody suggests. And like there's some other like methods, like I've seen the double fist method, um, but like- why use two hands or use one? <laughs> yeah, right? It's it's so much easier. And then, like, even then, some microphones are different. You can come closer. You can come farther. Um, it all depends on your own equipment. And you know your equipment best. Uh, you know it works. You know it doesn't. Um, but there's also these um, other, like, soundproofing equipment um, that, like, oh, like, there's bass boosters or bass getting rid of others. I don't remember what they're called. You put them on the corners. Um, just, just ignore those for now. I don't even have them, but like that, I still like, there's still work. Like my space still works. Just focus on the, the, just focus on the room. Just focus on getting rid of that extra ambient noise. And that's all you really need. Filters also like filters, like on, um, audacity or I use audition. Um, like, like the puh and like plosives. There's a, there's a certain frequency you can use to get rid of those. Yeah, this is this is a little. Uh, we're getting into the advanced stuff, but yeah. basically, the other thing uh, for new voice actors, something you need to figure out 
if you want to get parts, right? I'm right now. I'm trying to give the pro tips as a, both a, a former, oh, not former, a sort of <laughs> hobbyist voice actor and also a casting director, and what mm -hmm. I go for. Once you've got your recording set up, uh, where it's like not very reverby, so you're gonna have a nice clean sound. You want to check your gain, and that's gonna be how sensitive the microphone is at picking up sounds. Because if you're peaking. And peaking is when the audio form reaches like the maximum and it's just like flat, right? That is, that means that the microphone is receiving so much sound, it can't differentiate the high from the low. And it's, it sounds really bad. It's like what a lot of meme people do uh, yeah, when they, when they like have something where it's supposed to be super loud, like the Thomas the Tank Engine song, when they overblow it, it's like overblown. Yeah. That's peaking uh, intentionally for comedic effect. But when you're voice acting, you don't want that. It's better to be, you want all of what you say to be caught on the mic, but you, do, you don't want everything that you say to peak because I can amplify quiet lines. I can't unpeak a peaked nah. uh, line. Peaked lines are like, how do I describe it? It's basically, they're unsalvageable. Like a very quiet line, mm -hmm. you can you can make it unquiet. It might not sound good, but at least you can hear it. But like a peaked line, there's no saving that thing. You have to do a right. retake or just a redo. Um, also, uh, on, on, the, on the subject of retakes and redo, direction. You, if you're starting out, you might think you're hot shit. You might think you're the next, like, freaking, I don't know, you might think you're the next, uh, Matt Mercer or something. You're not. Um, you <laughs> might be, you might be in the future, you might be, but right now, starting out, you're not. I thought I was pretty decent when I was starting out, and I've recently gone back and listened to my old stuff, and it, it was rough, to say the least. Um, so yeah. practice, practice makes perfect. Um, I would say, uh, just Oh, just audition for whatever go for whatever parts you want to mm -hmm. like practice 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 just do stuff to get better learn it's your... the same it's the same with any skill i exactly. mean anything that you do exactly and, and you will plateau and you will think that uh at first you're gonna think <laughs> oh i know everything there is to know um and then you're and gonna then meet you... somebody that's like oh actually no look there's there's other things you can do and you're gonna be like oh now i have now there's another plateau up there that i have to reach right and you're gonna feel kind of foolish for thinking that you knew everything and that you were as good as you're ever gonna get and you're gonna yeah. keep trying and you're gonna like not make as much progress as you want for a while but if you keep at it you will eventually break through you will see gains just like spencer's talking about listening to his, his early stuff he yeah. has improved since then it's i have improved since day. you know my day. first shit you i listened can... to my auditions for 2015 and i'm like i don't know how i got cast mm -hmm. oh my gosh <laughs> the, fir the first thing <laughs> the first thing i ever got cast for um it was it, it was like in, in casting call club fashion love the site we just sometimes people on there don't do anything nothing ever came of it um was this one like transformers audition and it was so bad the acting was bad it every line was peaked and oh, it's no. just it's just i'm glad nothing came of it because that was awful and i'm like how did i get cast for this what is why this is unacceptable and it just shows that even in the beginning when you think you're pretty good you still got ways to go and it's just it's just it's just a, it's just a thing you gotta learn and that's fine you, you're you're not hot shit 
You might be one day, but even if you are, don't act like you're hot shit. Oh, am I allowed to curse? Yeah, I've oh, cursed okay. already. You're okay. fine. <laughs> it's it look, uh so I mean I know a lot of people listening uh are not planning on doing voice acting. They're mm-hmm. like, all right, well thanks for the crash course on this thing I'm not gonna do. It's look, I got a voice actor on. We're gonna talk about it a little bit. Yeah, so you're gonna we, have to just bear with us. I mean, if we wanna talk D and D, we can do that. I got a I got a, a couple of fun stories. One yeah. involving some involving me, we some can, we can get to that. Uh, but before we do, I just wanna <laughs> say, like, even if we didn't, like, aren't you all tired of D D by and I just, <laughs> <laughs> just I'm kidding. I, it's really one of those things where I don't get tired of it because nah. every experience is different. Exactly. Um, like uh, I, you asked me earlier what my favorite class is um i don't really have one because every time i play a new character i never i don't like playing the same class twice in a row uh, if mm-hmm. if i if you if i had to if you had to ask me what i had the most fun with it was pathfinder swashbuckler that was the most fun i've ever had it was a halfling it was mythic so it was busted and oh, yeah. it was so much fun and just be like i i attack you let me roll to see if you don't hit me and i hit you instead <laughs> it was great um but i think one of the strengths if about role playing is just playing all these things that you aren't like, oh, wow, I want to be a samurai, or I want to be a ninja warrior in Kermit the Frog. Oh, I don't know where that came from. Um, It's it's just so great. Like, there's already some cl- – there's even – there's some classes I still haven't played that I want to play, like Paladin. Actually, I played a Paladin once, and that was fun, but that was like in a, a mini campaign, so like it didn't really get fleshed out. And I was like, ah, oh, I, I, you started scratching the itch, but you didn't finish scratching the itch. I want to see more what Paladins are like. I want to be a Judge Dread Paladin. It's like, oh, you littered? I'm going to murder you because you broke the law or something like that. That could be fun. Not murder, not in real life, but like role I was going to say, oh, you want to be a lawful stupid paladin? <laughs> lawful stupid. Oh my gosh, let me tell you the legend of CG. Um, okay, so the in 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 my old role playing group, um, the I I they I had to move, so I had to leave the group because I they were they're down in Florida. I'm up in Georgia now. Um, love them all, but um, there's a few people in there whose names start with G. One of which is my brother, one of which is another friend, and one of which was another friend. Um, But they always played chaotic good characters. And they would always do the most stupid shit and the the worst possible, make the worst possible decisions in the worst possible moments. All right, let me tell you a story. Okay, let me tell you one story about my brother, the first CG story. Okay, so we is Pathfinder game. Um, we just killed a king, and we're running, and we're hiding in a town in the middle of a forest, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like a, the, the way that the DM described it, it was like a, a giant fence, a giant wall made out of basically tree stumps and like, like, like with spikes at the top, like they were cut into spikes, and like it was deep in the forest. And one of our... Um, uh, so we get there, and then one of our uh, team members has a dream because he's a hunter. He's a, a hunter from his god, and they tell him, Oh, in the forest, there is a great beast that you must hunt for us. And then he's like, Okay, all right, I'll do it. And so we wake up, and then he tells us, like, Okay, guys, and th- there's this great beast in the forest that I need, I need to hunt for the gods, and I want you guys to help me. And we're like, 
okay, because one, or like, out of game, we're like, all right, DM's giving us a quest line, let's follow it. In character, we're like, oh, we could get this great beast to use its part and sell its parts for more money, because that's all we care about is money. My brother, at this point, is playing a, um, oh, what are they called? A vigilante. And he wants to make a base. And where do you think he makes the base? Where do you th where where would be where do you think he would make a base? After learning there's a great beast in the forest, where would he sneak off to alone? You think, without telling anybody? <sighs> That's right. He goes to the forest. So he walks around. He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna find a I'm going to find a I'm gonna find a place here to make my base. <laughs> and then he turns around a corner and sees Tyrannosaurus Rex, and it looks at him. He looks at it and it starts chasing him and he starts running and early he tries losing it, but he can't. And then earlier in the game, he made a joke to like a, um, a really bad joke, like a, a really like, not, not like a bad as an inappropriate, but I mean like bad as an painfully unfunny joke yeah. to, um, somebody. And he put a geese on him that says, every time you say a joke and nobody laughs, you poop yourself. <gasps> so he was like, he made a joke. <laughs> He made a joke so nobody would laugh. So he pooped himself and the T-Rex just tried to lose the T-Rex, but it didn't work because the T-Rex smelled him even more. And so he jumps in this hole. He jumps in the first hole he sees. Uh, he, then the dungeon master, he, he, rolls a, he rolls the dice. He throws the dice and he starts laughing. He's like, you jump in the hole and you find a bear. And the bear is like angry. He's like, whoa, you, you've <laughs> you invaded my hole. And then the T-Rex's mouth freaking... Tries, like, chomping into the hole, but, like, it can't quite get in because the hole is too small. And so he has to fight the bear by, like, like they, they both try to push each other out of the hole to feed the T-Rex. The T-Rex does, like, a roar attack, which it does sonic damage, and they have to make a save. My brother makes the save, but the bear is such a low CR that there's no way it could have made the save, so it dies. And my brother pushes the bear out and feeds the T-Rex. He's cry. He's almost crying. He's he's like, he walks back to the um, and then he walks back to the base, to the main town, mm -hmm. where he meets our party, and the hunter, who has an animal companion, which is a bear. He sees the bear. The DM tasks him to make a will save so he doesn't break down crying. He rolls a one, and he starts breaking down crying. Because of the traumatic experience that he just had. This is such a Pathfinder thing. Like, it everything is. you said, I was like, this reminds me of 2013 and just playing where where the DM can tell you to make a, a will save and then say, you break down crying. And you just kind of do. <laughs> like, in 5e, it's generally like... I guess there are some exceptions where that might happen, but like, or or the fact that the the uh, T Rex is a sonic attack with its roar that one shots a bear. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, they were in a cave. It's like we we're talking about reverberating echoes. Yeah. The, the the. I mean, it would probably blow out your eardrums. Oh, probably. But like, Almost I don't definitely. know if it would uh, necessarily. But we're at a high enough you. level that it wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I, it's just it's it's very funny that like. This is this what you just described is like a more like a cooler version of a story that happened to me also in Pathfinder. Oh. I had a character named Limduel. He was a, a necromancer. He was like my 
He was the character I played right after Mel Kishar died. So like uh, I made this necromancer because I realized oh, I could raise the dead in this game. Hell yeah, I want to do that. I've always had a thing for necromancers and like media and <laughs> games and stuff. So I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, no, necromancers are ripped because they deadlift. Because they raise the dead. That's right. I said they deadlift. They deadlift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They deadlift, so they're jacked. We're, oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, long story short, this is not super exciting. Basically, my, my character um, pissed off a badger, and then the badger called a bunch of other badgers. And in Pathfinder, they're, like, ripped. Like, in 5e, <laughs> a badger is, is nothing. You could sneeze and kill it. In Pathfinder, they have barbarian rage that they go into oh. and they hit hard they hit for a lot of damage and i was like a level three level four cleric at the time i had to climb a tree i was at two hit points i had to climb a tree and then use like the cleric channel harm to just constantly channel these like uh, 30 foot emanations of negative energy to just absolutely destroy these badgers as they were clawing up the tree to finish me off like, because of their state of rage, they wouldn't run away like a normal animal would. I had to <laughs> I had to use up all of my harms to, like, all of my channel uh, energies to, to kill, all, like, the rest of these badgers and, like, inflict them with such necrosis that they just, like, were, like, Die. cancerous growth. Like, they could, like, survive <laughs> or whatever. Like, it was oh. fucking disgusting and terrifying, and I, like, struggled back to the the camp i guess i was hunting i think it was, i was gonna set like traps i think so like what i did was i set a trap and it caught a badger and that's what started all of this was the and badger didn't die it, it just it, it pissed him off he just got more mad <laughs> and then called his buddies and i was i almost died yeah that doesn't like that's such a pathfinder thing like that doesn't happen in 5e at least not in my experience oh. when you just go hunting it's like oh yeah you either you hunt the small game or the deer or you don't you collect food all right moving on and this I mean, it I was guess like it depends on the dm may, maybe it depends on the dm and it could depend on the style i just when mm. i hear like stories about pathfinder though it's always the same sort of over the top stuff but that's what's great about it don't you think I I like it. I th I just think it's it's such a different experience than what I've I'm used to now. Where it's like now, it's way more like you were talking about like the D six system with the Digimon thing. Like that's a uh -huh. very systems that don't like have a lot of rules where they use the D six system. A lot of the time, it's more about the narrative and the storytelling, mm -hmm. which is great. That could be silly or serious or whatever you want it to be, but it's very much more like kind of loose. Um, yeah. Uh, and, we, and I was talking about this at the last episode with Z. Like, like those are loose rule sets. But one of the reasons like, that I like uh, Dungeons and Dragons and by extension Pathfinders, I like having more rules, more options. Yeah, you know that stuff is really cool. And then Pathfinder is just even more rules. Even more, yeah. Here's the way I put it: um, If you want to get into role playing. Five uh, E's good. It's it's stupid. It's super simple. Like you could learn it in like a day. And uh, but like you're kind of set if you're like, okay, I want to be a fighter. You're kind of set on a path. But if you do Pathfinder, you're like, I want to be a fighter. You can customize it however you want. My brother has an idea for like a sling fighter. Like it's just a fighter that just th like has a thing of leather and rocks and like it just does stupid damage. 
And you can do that in Pathfinder, but you can't really do it in 5e, but like 5e can it's it's a lot easier to learn. So you could use 5e as a stepping stool into Pathfinder if you want to, to be get clear, into Pathfinder. You can customize your characters with feats. It's just mm -hmm. the feats are very hard to come by. <laughs> you get them every four levels, and most campaigns fizzle out by level eight, which means you, if you're lucky, you'll get two feats, and that's all. Uh, and if you have multi-class, you might get one feat, and that's all. And so it's hard <laughs> to customize in 5e because... Uh, most DMs don't want to do high-level plays. So you're not going to get a lot of feats. And also, the game's kind of stingy when it comes to that. Pathfinder, every level, you're getting some kind of feat. Mm -hmm. And the feats do a little less. They're not as powerful. But, like, feats can then lead to other feats that lead to other feats. And, yeah. like, you can... and they can play in conjunction with each other. Right, they're, like, and incremental. Like... And they can do all sorts of, like, little things a bit at a time, essentially. You're piece by yeah, piece, like... you're, like, a building block, you know... Sort of every level is like something new and very customizable, which is one of the reasons why I find Pathfinder appealing. When I say that it's more mm -hmm. rules, it's kind of a cool thing because it's like, well, yeah. yeah, you can do whatever you want, kind of. It's it's like when you go on Netflix and like there's a million shows and you're like, what do I watch? You can watch any show you want, but like like all of that. All the choices are kind of overbearing. But once you get used to it, you're like, oh, my gosh, I have so much freedom. I mean, that's that's the best way I can describe it. Yeah, and like you can you can come up with complexity in five e. I do that all the time mm -hmm. with my multiclassing that I always talk about. Like, oh man, I yesterday last night I spent three hours, no four hours, writing a backstory wow. followed by creating a clockwork sorcerer multi-class with an order uh domain cleric because i had it sounds a, cool it's very cool it's a law guy right it's a but like it's also a little bit of a mad build multiple ability score dependent because it's wisdom charisma i need both of those and in pathfinder especially pathfinder 2e every five levels you get a boost to four of your ability scores you get feats every what? single level, and every five levels in 2e, you boost every ability score I, by every two. Every ability? Oh, not every, okay. I'm sorry, not every. I'm not every. Uh, four of them by two. Okay, because even in even in 1e for Pathfinder, it's like, okay, you can, you can do one ability score by one. But right. two by, oh, that's freaking awesome. It's, it's nice because you don't have to feel inadequate. Uh, at least, at least your scores will ne the way that they've set it up. You will never be completely terrible at anything unless you choose to do that. They give or you the option like really to go bad. negative for roleplay reasons or whatever, but you don't have to do that. And anyone can make a functional character with the rules in Tui, which is really nice. And so with that, like you can then oh, and the way that they multi-class is cool too because it's like you can take a feat. Um, okay, let me describe something kind of cool about, uh, 2E Pathfinder. Your cl you have some core class abilities, and those are just gonna be, you know, first level, whatever, at certain levels, you're just gonna get some stuff, but every 
two levels, you get a class feat, and a class feat gives you a, a custom. Basically, you customize how you level up in each class. So no two classes will ever look the same. Not not just because of, oh, I chose a subclass and I get whatever abilities and it's all like a package deal, right? No, you, every step of the way, you customize how you level up in that class with these class feats that are available to you. And if you decide that you want a multi-class, instead of actually taking another class, you take a dedication feat in another class in place of a class feat that gives you some of the core abilities of a different class. So you substitute feats out and then you can then take like you could pick and choose, right? The things that you want from a different class and your core class to then make broken ass builds. Mm-hmm. It's very the way that it sounds, the way I said it might sound a little complex, but it's actually super simple. And it means that you can't get you can't do I'm gonna do one level of this, one level of this, one level of this one. No, because you gotta do uh, you have to go at least two levels in a specific class. Then you can get a dedication in another class. And then you have to get two more feats uh, for that second class before you can then multi-class into a third class. If that makes Golly. sense. Yeah. I, see, multi-classing was one that I always wanted to do. But, like, I was like, oh, I'll do one later. I want to I wanna play, like, a, a bit more like the regular classes that i haven't done before but like i was always sort of confused by it but like that sounds really interesting and i want to play 2e and i'm i know my dm um when i was when i was still there he was like i'm gonna look into it and like he was looking into it he's like yeah there might be some cool thing he was he likes like playing with the system because rule books they're they're more heavy suggestions than actual rules um, but like a bunch of the stuff that you mentioned and a bunch of the stuff that I've looked into in 2E, um, it looks like a very fun sort of thing that I want to try and I just can't because I, oh, actually I, I am in one online game that my brother's running. Um, but it's regular Pathfinder and 2E sounds like a lot of fun because I, I, en- I enjoy 1E, but yeah, to me, sounds like it's like ironing out and refining. A bunch yeah, of yeah. There's that... a lot of ways they ironed it out. Their action system for combat's really great. My biggest gripe with it is they stay they stuck with the old 3.5 and Pathfinder system of prepared casting, where uh, you have spell that... slots, and then every day you pick from your known spells or your spell list mm-hmm. uh, what you're going to be casting. You basically See, have to... that's... I hate Yeah, that's what I hated. I Because I, I, hate I played a wizard once. There's actually a story involving my wizard because I had to, like, drop him because he, he was... I was like, okay, I think I'm ready for a wizard. My brother was like, no, play sorcerer. I was like, no, wizard, they can do more stuff. Oh, my gosh. Wizard was... Oh, it was... Uh, it was rough. And I eventually had to, we went to hell at one point, and that's where we wrote him off. It was a long story. Uh, we had to write him off, and then eventually he came back as a villain, which was nice. But in my brother's game, I play a sorcerer, and that's a lot easier. Because, cause like, the worst thing about it is, like, okay, I don't know what I'm going to be facing. So, like, I have to guess what right. I'm going to be doing. You have to predict what's going to be useful, and uh, I'm going to... I'm going to just say this right now. Pretty much every other session, you're going to wish you had something else prepared that you 
Yeah. Couldn't have foreseen that you would need. And I every, hate no, that. Not, not, not every other session. Every session. You're going to be like, oh, man, I wish I had freaking Every other session if you're really good at, at preparing shit. But even mm -hmm. if you're a master at role-playing games, you will still get it wrong a lot. And you're going to just – it's going to be a bummer every time. Because the DM's going to throw something at you that you could have never foreseen. Yeah, I, I I really dislike that. I would much rather. Yeah. That's 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 one of the things I like about sorcerer is that they get less sp spell pooled, but um they like they can't learn spells from a spell book, but they just sort of get spells, and you can retrain spells, but you can use every single spell that you want. Right, and like you don't have to prepare them; you can just be like, "Ha, I use it." Right, and it's it's just so it's just it's it's what wizards should have been basically. On on it, but yeah. So that that's the thing too. It's like I for the prepared casters in five e. I love that system because you pick a number of spells um, that you prepare each day, but then you don't have to cast. You don't prepare them two slots. You have free range slots that you can then cast any of your prepared spells using those slots as you need. It's so it's elegant. It's oh, fucking I elegant how beautiful that system is. And then with the sorcerer in 5e, I I absolutely despise it. It's my least favorite <laughs> class because they they fucked it. People well, had Oh. What did they do to my boy? What did they do to my baby boy? Do you have uh like two minutes for me to just go off here? Because I'm about to get yes. pissed. This is this sounds like good content. Ranch are always good content. <sighs> Ask the YouTube algorithm. So I go have, for it. I have talked at length uh before about rangers. And everybody knows mm -hmm. the pitfalls of rangers, but rangers aren't even really that bad. They're actually kind of okay. Sorcerers fucking suck. And I don't care if if you want to get in those comments and be like, "Fuck you, Shane! Sorcerers are great." No, they no, they're not. No, they're not. At not least in 5e. at least they weren't. And here's what changed: Tasha's guide or Tasha's cauldron of everything offered two new uh, bloodlines for sorcerers: the Clockwork Soul, which is one that I uh, made recently, like just last night, and the Aberrant Mind. And you know what they did that they've never done before, except uh, in Unearthed Arcana, which is sort of like their playtest material before they go out into official shit. They gave sorcerers bonus spells. Because finally, after seven or eight years, eight, eight fucking years it took them, they realized that, oh shit, wait, actually... Having only 15 spells for the entirety of the game, like, that's it? And four of those are, like, your 6th, 7th, 8th, and ninth level spells. You get one of each, potentially. And, I mean, you can retrain, too, but, like, you get a total pool. Not counting your cantrips. Your total pool of 15 spells, and that is it. As a sorcerer. Get out of the massacre, my boy. It's it's nothing. It's a pittance. There's over. I think I want to say there's over two hundred spells in the game or something like that. And wow, you got to and you don't even get access to all of them. You get access to like eighty of them. No, no. It's I like, I should I should actually look it up. Honestly, I'm, I'm curious like, now. Malakath, can you cast? Nope. 
it it's i've played the sorcerer before and it was so fucking frustrating mm. having nothing i could do except like burning hands and like disguise self at first level wait is this in is this in like five this is or? all five i'm talking about five e yeah okay okay gotcha it that does sound rough that it's just awful. so limited and they're like well but you get meta magic i'm like who gives a shit especially like, oh, when i can i can cast a spell farther like, like uh, well, it doesn't matter if I can't cast good spells in the first it's place. It's like you get you get careful spell meta magic. So when you do fireball, you sculpt. You know, it's it's a uh, uh, you make sure it doesn't hit your enemies and or your allies. But it's like no, actually, what that means is that I I make it that they auto save on the 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 spell, but they still take half damage because it doesn't say they don't take half damage. It means that they just save on the spell that's it they still take half even with the meta magic but if i wanted to play a sorcerer evocationist hey guess what second level sculpt spell uh yeah they just uh, they auto save based on my intelligence modifier and uh, oh yeah they take no damage when they save oh and i can add my intelligence modifier to my fire spell damage and shit so basically if i want to be an evocationist Go wizard. Fuck sorcerers. They suck at it. There's basically basically what you're saying is there's no reason if you wanted to magic shit in five e there's no reason to play a sorcerer. Except except the thing is the thing that makes it great is the meta magic, and then they gave everyone the ability to take a feat called meta magic adept that just gives you two sorcerer points and two meta magic, so you don't uh. even need it. It's obsolete. <laughs> And it made me so upset. And I was like, why play a sorcerer? Until, until they <gasps> released they my boy? the, they, they have two subclasses. Like I just said, the Aberrant Mine and the Clockwork Sorcerer. And you know why they're okay? Because they give you bonus spells every other level up to fifth level spells. So instead of 15 spells, 25 spells. Almost hey, double the amount of spells. And generally great spells, and, and, here's the crazy thing, and I read this and it blew my fucking mind, you can, you can substitute those spells that you get, because they're like prescribed for you based on your bloodline, but they're like, hey, if you're an aberrant mind sorcerer, don't, and you got spells that you're getting uh, from these bonus spells that you don't like, don't sweat it. You can, you can swap them out on a level up one at a time uh with another spell from the sorcerer warlock or wizard spell list as long as it's in the i think it's the enchantment or the divination schools and then for the clockwork sorcerer it's the abjuration and transmutation schools which are amazing schools uh to to get uh spells from and it's from the sorcerer warlock or wizard list crazy so so i i know i'm i'm sounding like a raving madman right now <laughs> and i understand just that like if you if you're just a little bit yeah but it's like it's like they realize how shit the original sorcerer was eight years too late and we're like maybe we should have given them bonus spells yeah you think so I, well, hey, at least they fixed it eight years later. But now there's only now all. there's only two, unless you're gonna do like a one level dip or something, mm -hmm. you know, just and to grab like then, a first level power because like you get the bloodline at first level, so you can like 
for example, dr a draconic sorcerer can uh, have a sort of permanent mage armor because you your AC becomes thirteen plus your dex uh, because you have like hard scales or whatever. Uh -huh. So like you can grab that by with a one level dip. Or uh, the divine soul sorcerer allows you to pick spells from the cleric spell list and you get one bonus spell at first level and that's it. So you get. I mean, but. Oh, sorry. But even then, like, you could have, like, the DM just be like, well, I'll just give them, I'll give them freaking a few extra spells at every level. Like, it could always, mm. always be, because rule number zero in the DM's handbook is that the DM makes all the rules. Yes. So they could, they could buff the sorcerer in any way that they want. So because guess. Because it could be like Shane so and be like, <laughs> sorcerer, oh, did you, wait, what happened? So guess who decided to give all the sorcerer classes... A uh, a bunch of bonus spells based on the bloodline. This guy, I have a whole Heck word yeah. document where I did number zero, exactly baby. what you best said. Best rule in best rule in role playing. Rule number zero. It's in every rule book. It's yeah. just not written. Anyway, I'm I'm sorry to go off on the sorcerer like that. No, I just I you're right. They did your fully. boy dirty in five e. They absolutely <laughs> did. No, because right, I'm playing a sorcerer right now, um, and I freaking love it. It's especially mythic. Um, sorcerer, because mythic is <laughs> mythic is whole a whole lot of silly. I can basically uh, I don't remember what ability it is, but um, off the top of my head, but it basically allows me to cast any spell that I want if I have access to it. Like if it's like a level three spell, if I can cast level three spells, I can cast fireball even if I don't have it. Which why wouldn't you have it? And it 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 basically got rid of all the uh, sorcerers pitfalls and it's a lot of fun and he's a little frog and he's a little frog man named salazar and he's a lot of fun <laughs> to play <sighs> and he's it's oh my gosh okay speaking of salazar and fun stories okay so we were in um this is about like the most personal it has ever gotten with like an enemy right so we had we were getting in oh gosh we were in like some alternate dimension like where all the strange things like the crossroads of all dimensions where basically if you take every dimension and like if, imagine it as a plate and like kind of tilt it and the stuff that falls out from every dimension and falls off uh lands into here so it's just a bunch of different stuff and we were fighting a cyclops and the cyclops had this goat and this goat like all the rest of the team went up and fought the Cyclops, but this freaking goat had it out for me and it kept knocking me down and I kept trying to use my spells and for, I kept missing and eventually it got to the point where I'm like, no, I'm not helping out the team. I'm not doing anything. I just want to kill this fucking goat and I'm not going to leave until I do. And then... <laughs> And then one of my friends came to me, came came to the thing, and I was like, don't you dare attack this goat! I'm taking this goat down! <laughs> and he kept healing me. He's like, I'm gonna cast, I was like, alright, I'm gonna cast an attack at it. I'm like, don't do it! Keep healing me! I'm gonna beat this goat! Eventually, um, I had to use the sap that I had. It was, I was basically, I had a sap, which is basically like a little, a beating stick. Mm -hmm. Uh, wizards do absolute shit for, um... Uh, physical damage, but it was the only choice that I had uh, because my because I was out of spells. But eventually, I killed the goat, 
And the way I said, I, <laughs> I, the way I did it, I was like, I hit the goat, and I was like, Grant. Oh, Grant's my brother, who was the DM, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the one of the CGs. I was like, Grant. I get up. I get on top of the goat, and I just start punching it. I start punching the goat. The goat's dead body. <laughs> He's like, Okay, you do that. It was intense. I almost died like three times. I had to get revived like three times, I think. It was, that was the most invested I've ever been in a game ever, I think. Man. Or if would you not- Would you say that you had a personal vendetta? <laughs> no, I would more say I was a- angry at it. <laughs> that All right, the, both of those were lame. Folks, yeah, I look, apologize. Lame jokes are the best jokes. Uh, ma- oh my god, we've been talking for an hour 20. Oh, wow. Uh, a little yeah. less than that. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this is this has been great. I think we'll we'll end it here for now. Yeah. I mean, there could always be a part two, probably not. But hey, I'm yeah, always look, down I'm to come on. Count, if, yeah, I'm not going to yeah, count. No, yeah. like if, I mean, once if, I would like to do uh, once all the episodes of Peace Guild are out, I would like to get the main cast together to just hang out on call and just shoot the shit i mean you gave me the idea of like a sort of uh behind the scenes commentary yeah yeah i think that i think that'd be fun people who are listening if you've stayed this long why don't you let us know in the comments down below oh can i can i uh, and don't forget to like comment and subscribe to the channel and absolutely smash that that (laughs) bell so that you get notifications and Look, you know what? I'm gonna be straight with you. I don't, I don't have the bell on for like anybody except for I think Harry Partridge and like. Oh, I love him. Yeah, yeah, those types of like animators or or um, you know, uh, content creators that every once in a blue moon they finish something really nice. Like they're very infrequent. I'll I'll, I'll hit the bell for them because I do want to know. I want to make sure I don't miss it. Uh. But if someone's a more frequent uploader, like myself, like if I were subbed to me, I probably wouldn't hit the bell. Just no, personally, no, but they speaking. gotta press the bell because 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 the peace guild. The peace I will. Guild I would say though, soon. I am, and I have seen the first like what was it? The first half of the new episode. The, the, the stuff you showed me when we. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, uh, the preview for episode four. Yeah, yeah, that was like, was it like five minutes of like 15 or? Yeah, five of 15, just about. Okay. And I'm still finishing. The first third's almost done. The hard part. Yeah. It's here's what killed me. There's a montage in the beginning, and that was like tons of different backgrounds, tons of different drawings of tons of different characters. And now it's just this back and forth dialogue between, uh, like one of the party members and a new character and it was just i'm like after doing that whole montage i'm just like it's tedium now to try to just do this other conversation so it's like i need to just i need to like refresh my charge my batteries and just sort of refresh my mind and then get back to the grind and that's my plan that's what i'm gonna do but um 
And I know you. And I know you've mentioned like at, like getting some other help, but like you need to get more money so you can pay them. Because this dude, this dude doesn't, this dude doesn't make much money, but he still pays. He's he, he treats he treats his employees good. <laughs> or, I, I don't know if employees. Is the yeah, right that's word, not the right treats, word. I'm off the books. Uh, there's no <laughs> taxes his, because this is it's such a yeah, uh, no, small fee here. But yeah, but he pays, and like he, he dude cares about what he's doing. Well, yeah, I just believe people. It is work, right? Like. I yeah. want people to be compensated is all. Um, mm -hmm. I would like to eventually get another artist or animator to help, but like they would have to. Oh my God. They'd have to know Blender, which is sort of a new thing. Um, and a lot of people who are learning Blender are like, kind of like, you know, go getters who got their own shit going on and don't really necessarily have time to help me with my thing. So I would need money as an incentive to get someone to help me. That's the biggest issue with that. Um, but, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Right now, I'm just yeah. going to make some fan stuff that I've been meaning to make. That's quick. It takes like a week to make one of these little two-minute, three-minute fan animations. And it's just, you know, it's fun to kind of get them off my chest because I was having a lot of fun uh, watching them. And after this, uh, Spencer, I'll show you the video that I recently made and what I mean when I said that the dm has very you energy okay um but it, but hey this is this is the end of the show um yeah why don't you tell the folks at home where they can find you okay well you can find me on twitter at spencer bruce spelled b r u s it's a really weird spelling but that's the way it is i do have a youtube channel but i i don't post anything on it uh, I, I wanted to change that. I mean, there's there's one video on there. It was kind of, I don't even say it there, but my, my friends convinced me to sing some Barbie song. Uh, it, 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 I actually kind of like how it turned out, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long story. Okay, so basically, um, a lot of my friends who I know are girls, and because they're girls, they grew up watching different things than I did, including Barbie. And so sometimes when we hang out, we, we, like we in Discord, we turn on Groovy, and there's one freaking Barbie movie with like, I don't remember, the Prince and the Popper one, I don't remember. Um, but there's this one dude, the evil song, and I was like, oh, that sounds fun. They're like, oh, you should do it, you should do it. And I was like, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. And then they actually held me to it, and then I did it. And, and then you did yeah. it. And then I did it, and there it is. And it's on your right YouTube there. channel. Yeah, my YouTube channel, which I never use, but I kind of want to use, but I don't know what to what content to put out uh, there. But you also, you've got a Twitter, too. Is that also your name? I do. Yeah, yeah. That's also my name. Spencer Bruce on Twitter and on YouTube. But... Cast this yeah. man. If you've got oh, a yes, project... Yes, please. <laughs> I'm trying to pimp you out here. This is my... The whole oh. point here is I want... Now that everyone got to kind of know you and like, oh, it's the Abe Ordeen from the famous wow. Peace Guild? Yes. From the famous, world-famous Peace Guild on the YouTubes? Oh, that's wonderful. I've got pretty that's much... Spencer Bruce is a good bean, I say. He is. And I've got pretty much uh, all the lines I kind of need from Abe or Dean for quite a while. So this guy yeah. needs work. Get him some work. Get him yeah, in on your projects. I, I, He's a reliable voice actor. I, obviously super fun to work with. Uh, can't recommend him highly enough. Thank you. No problem. Stop it, Shay. <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for coming on the show. It's been great. Absolutely. Anytime. Anytime.